0: Compliance experts and monitors can be valuable tools and resources for the DOJ, OIG, and CMS, but they can also be used voluntarily by organizations in order to enhance their compliance program, whether or not they're under investigation.
1: Captain Integrity Production and the Law Firm of Nelson Mullins presents Stark Integrity. The Stark Law and Compliance Podcast. Stark Integrity explores the world of the Stark Law and healthcare compliance with our nationally recognized Stark Law, Fraud, and Compliance Attorney, Bob Wade. Bob has a national healthcare legal and compliance practice that focuses on the minions of the Anti-Kickback Statute, False Claims Act, and the Stark Law. Including fair market value and commercial reasonableness. Although Bob is a law partner in the national law firm of Nelson Mullins, the views expressed in Stark Integrity are Bob's personal views and not the views of the firm, and they are not intended to be legal advice. Now, without further ado, I give you Captain Integrity, Bob Wade.
0: Welcome to this episode of Stark Integrity, the Stark Law and Compliance podcast. My name is Bob Wade, and I am your host. Today, I'm going to be talking about compliance experts and monitors. And these entities and individuals have become very valuable resources for organizations, whether or not they're going to appoint one voluntarily outside of a mandated program. But they definitely are used by the Department of Justice the Office of Inspector General, and the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services under mandated compliance programs. But before I dive into the specifics regarding the duties and responsibilities for compliance experts and monitors, I was thinking about how to generally describe these duties and responsibilities outside of the context of healthcare entities and I thought of embedded journalists in war and as most of you know we receive a lot of reporting today with respect to the operations of the military by journalists and sometimes you see journalists who are under fire Uh, but these journalists are technically embedded uh, within the uh, the military in order to provide reporting regarding the operations of war and in effect Embedded journalists are news reporters that are attached to military units involved in armed conflicts. And although the term has been generally applied historically to interactions between journalists and military, it first came under common usage, the term did, uh, in the 2003 invasion of Iraq. And in the 2003 invasion, uh, the United States military responded to pressures from the country's news media who were disappointed by the levels of access that the journalists had during the 1991 Gulf War and the 2001 U.S. invasion of Afghanistan. And at the start of the 2003 invasion of Iraq, there were as many as 775 reporters and photographers who were embedded journalists. And basically, these embedded journalists signed contracts with the military promising not to report information that could compromise the military's positions or future missions, classified weapons, and other information that they may find that could be potentially damaging if it were released to the public. And there was joint training for war correspondents that started in November of 2003 actually no, November 2002, before the 2003 invasion of Iraq, in order to, uh, to provide appropriate training for these individuals in the field as to what their duties and responsibilities would be. And as a, a lieutenant, this is a Lieutenant Colonel Rick Long of the United States Military Corp., when asked about why the military has embedded journalists, his quote was, frankly, our job is to win the war. Part of that is information warfare. So we are going to attempt to dominate the information environment. So whether or not organizations use compliance experts or monitors to assist in the enhancement of their compliance program and compliance generally with laws, rules, and regulations, the government definitely uses compliance experts and monitors in order to determine exactly what is happening within organizations so whether or not your organization is under investigation subject to a corporate integrity agreement or simply wants to enhance their compliance program compliance experts and monitors can be utilized in order to determine the effectiveness of their various compliance programs and for those of you who have listened to Stark Integrity, the podcast, uh, you know that I was the designated compliance expert to the Board of Commissioners for Halifax Health down in Daytona Beach, Florida, under their five-year corporate integrity agreement. Now, what's interesting is according to licensure issues, many states, including the state of Indiana, uh, that I have a license, I'm also licensed in uh, in the District of Columbia, uh, but it's a lot of those state bars do not allow attorneys to say that they are experts in a particular field. You can say that you actually emphasize or you concentrate your practice in a certain area. Uh, so when I was appointed as the compliance expert to the Board of Commissioners of Halifax Health, it uh, was a, an interesting thing about whether or not I can actually promote the fact that I am I'm using air quotes now, a compliance expert. But technically, that was my title. My title, according to the Corporate Integrity Agreement, was I was the designated compliance expert to the Board of Commissioners of Halifax Health. So during that five-year Corporate Integrity Agreement, I was embedded, just like the journalists, uh, with Halifax and was responsible for the oversight. And more specifically, the... The assistance with the Board of Commissioners. Uh, The Board of Commissioners, since Halifax, is a state taxing entity. They have a Board of Commissioners versus a Board of Trustees or Board of Directors, but for all practical purposes for this episode, it's the same thing. And I was responsible for being the eyes and the ears for the board with respect to the oversight of the implementation of their corporate integrity agreement. And although the OIG has used the phrase compliance expert, it's basically synonymous with compliance monitors or monitors for organizations. So I know that there are monitors for large pharmaceutical companies, large healthcare systems, uh, large device manufacturers, uh, but basically it's the same thing that the compliance expert or the monitor is responsible for the oversight of the compliance program and so it's as we've been generally talking about compliance is very broad within the organization but more specifically if they are under investigation so if an organization is under investigation uh, or it has concluded an investigation has assigned mandated program with a government agency then the government either through the doj the oig cms or another entity of the government can appoint a compliance expert or a monitor and outside of a corporate integrity agreement uh, you can also have what's called a deferred prosecution agreement or a non-prosecution agreement and under a deferred prosecution agreement or a non-prosecution agreement these are agreements basically that uh, if the organization implements the compliance program as mandated by the government and hires a monitor for the oversight of the implementation of the compliance program, then if the organization complies with the Deferred Prosecution Agreement, otherwise referred to as a DPA, then the or- organization would not have a mandated. Dated corporate integrity agreement or that the orga- organization would receive deferred prosecution from the government, meaning that the government would not take any further action against the organization if it fully implements the terms and conditions of the DPA or the non-prosecution agreement. so when evaluating corporate integrity agreements so now i'm going to going to be focusing on compliance experts that have been mandated by the oig when an organization signs a corporate integrity agreement Uh, the terms and conditions generally are that the organization has to be independent meaning that the individual or the organization did not represent or provide consulting or attorney representation for the organization prior to being selected and appointed as the monitor or the compliance expert and I know based upon my history with Halifax Health that Halifax went on a national search for a compliance expert to the board And so they interviewed quite a few consulting firms and legal firms and fortunately I was selected with my law firm uh, to be the compliance expert uh, to the board of commissioners and we had not and I had not personally performed any legal services for the organization prior to the execution of their corporate integrity agreement. So part of the duties and responsibilities uh, of a compliance expert or a monitor is to attend the various meetings of that organization that, it, that affect their compliance program. So first and foremost, the compliance expert or monitor uh, will be a, a resource as well as an oversight person for the organization's compliance officer as well as the uh, compliance expert or monitor should attend all compliance committee meetings or if there are other meetings that are material for the effectiveness of the compliance program or the implementation of issues that affect their legal requirements, then the compliance expert or monitor should attend those meetings. Um, They should also attend any type of compliance function of the board. Uh, At Halifax Health, they had an audit and finance committee that had had the oversight of the compliance program. So according to the corporate integrity agreement, I was required to attend all of the audit and finance committee meetings of the board of commissioners as well as to attend all Board of Commissioners meetings and make a report, along with the compliance officer, uh, regarding the functions of the compliance program as well as the implementation of their corporate integrity agreement. And under Halifax CIA, since I was the compliance expert to the Board of Commissioners, then I would make recommendations to the board, I and mean, usually it came through the compliance function, the compliance officer, compliance committee, etc., but make recommendations to the board regarding the implementation of their compliance program and the implementation of their CIA. And also during the first, third, and fifth year of their CIA I was responsible as the compliance expert to submit a compliance effectiveness review uh, to the OIG. And so since I was uh, appointed through their corporate integrity agreement, it was mandated that my report went directly to the Office of Inspector General, uh, the individual who was assigned from the OIG for the oversight of the uh, CIA implementation for Halifax. So again, a compliance expert or monitor, if they're appointed by the government, then if they're going to do an effectiveness review, that effectiveness review would then be given to the government as part of the implementation of the mandated program, whether it's a CIA, a Deferred Prosecution Agreement, or a non-prosecution agreement. And even though the compliance expert or monitor are required by the government, the government doesn't pay. So the organization pays for the services of the compliance expert or monitor so this is one of the reasons if you're going to enter into a CIA or deferred prosecution agreement you will have to understand that those costs and expenses for the monitor will be paid by the organization entering into the CIA or the DPA so as the compliance expert or monitor not only is the expert or monitor going to review the program Annually or the implementation of the CIA or DPA annually, but also they're doing it real time So you attend these meetings uh, and you are providing advice and counsel uh, with respect to the implementation of their compliance Uh, Like for hospitals it could be the implementation of their physician financial arrangements Uh, So you're sitting there giving real-time advice now. They don't have to follow your advice Uh, But, obviously, if they do not follow the compliance expert or compliance monitor's advice, then that could end up being a reportable issue to the governmental entity, the DOJ, OIG, or CMS. Now, so far, I have been talking about the mandated programs. It is also a beneficial tool for an organization whether or not they think they're under investigation or know that they are under active investigation. Maybe they have suspicion because they've received subpoenas that a QUITAM action has been entered or filed that they may want to voluntarily uh, engage the services of a compliance expert or compliance monitor and be proactive. And in effect, this helps with respect to any potential settlement uh, that could occur. And presently, I'm involved in a couple of these uh, where the organization has engaged my services as the compliance, I'll put it compliance expert or compliance monitor, uh, to assist with the evaluation and the enhancement of their compliance program. And this actually, they always say that uh, an ounce of prevention is better than a a pound of cure. Uh, And this definitely is the case, that if you uh, try to analyze your compliance program and enhance it before the government mandates it, then it is possible that through any type of settlement with the government that you may receive a lighter settlement. So instead of getting a corporate integrity agreement, you may receive a deferred prosecution agreement, uh, which usually has lighter terms uh, than if you go to a full corporate integrity agreement. So practically looking at this from a hospital's perspective, that the compliance expert or compliance monitor can review the physician financial relationships and assist the organization in identifying any further potential issues and correcting those issues before the government it also will build credibility now you have to decide whether or not you're going to engage in if you're going to engage someone like me as an attorney then usually that initial engagement is under attorney-client privilege but the organization owns the attorney-client privilege and can waive it uh, so that you, you always have to keep an eye toward the possibility of waiving the attorney-client privilege uh, when it comes time to negotiate a settlement with the OIG and so uh, the initial engagement could be through the attorney-client privilege and then uh, you could waive it uh, with respect to uh, showing the government what you did what you found and what you corrected And this is an important point. Previously, the government was looking at the effectiveness of the compliance program at the time of the alleged misconduct. But now, as part of settlements, the government is looking more toward the effectiveness of the compliance program at the time of settlement or the time of entering into the CIA or the DPA. So there's been a subtle shift with respect to the focus. And this is the reason why being proactive and hiring a compliance expert or a compliance monitor to enhance the compliance program could be a valuable settlement tool for an organization. And if a compliance expert or compliance monitor is hired Uh, prior to receiving any mandated program from the government then the organization will need to carefully consider who receives the report and services of the compliance expert or the compliance monitor and usually that would end up going to the compliance function the general counsel of the organization as well as to the board and as long as everyone understands in that chain that the report and the work of the compliance expert and compliance monitor, if, if that person is, is an attorney, is protected by the attorney-client privilege, it is protected up to the point that the organization decides to waive the attorney-client privilege. Now, I do want to briefly indicate that under CIA's there's usually an independent review organization otherwise known as an IRO and I have served in that position also but basically every single year the independent review organization if the CIA is focused on physician financial arrangements by way of example then the IRO will uh, will select a few physician financial arrangements and review those physician financial arrangements for compliance with the Stark Law, anti-kickback statute, fair market value, and commercial reasonableness. Uh, so that's a different role from the compliance expert or the compliance monitor. And in the Halifax case, not only was there the compliance expert, but there also was separately an independent review organization. So again, a compliance expert or compliance monitor can either be mandated by the government Or an organization can voluntarily engage the services of a compliance expert or compliance monitor uh, to evaluate and enhance their compliance program, possibly with an eye toward a potential investigation or settlement. So now this brings me to the three Captain Integrity Punch Points for this episode. Captain Integrity Punch Point number one. Compliance experts or compliance monitors are generally appointed by the DOJ, OIG, and CMS in order to uh, review compliance with a mandated compliance program like a corporate integrity agreement, a deferred prosecution agreement, or a non-prosecution agreement. Captain integrity punch point number two is organizations need to understand that even if the compliance expert or compliance monitor is appointed or approved by the government, that the organization pays for the services and expenses of the compliance expert or compliance monitor. And finally, Captain Integrity, punch point number three, is that it is a valuable effort for an organization to voluntarily engage the services of a compliance expert or compliance monitor to enhance the the effectiveness of the compliance program or physician financial arrangements outside of the discussions or settlement with the government And this way that if if the organization is under investigation uh, then it could be a valuable effort that the organization has exerted in order to receive more lenient oversight either by the government or even being used with respect to the settlement of the financial terms with a government agency i hope you enjoyed this episode of stark integrity the stark law and compliance podcast if you have any questions regarding this episode the Stark Law, or healthcare compliance, you can contact me at bobwade, Captain Integrity at gmail.com or my law firm email address at bob.wade at nelsonmullins.com. You can review this and any other episode of Stark Integrity at the Captain Integrity website at Captain com. You can also follow me on LinkedIn under Bob Wade. I hope the three Captain Integrity punch points will help you with the Stark Law. And compliance. In closing, remember that integrity depends on you and me.